0: Get up early in the morning and go to bed early in the night, and that's pretty much a success story of me.
1: Welcome to Agency for Change, a podcast from Kid Glove that brings you the stories of change makers who are actively working to improve our communities. In every episode, we'll meet with people who are making a lasting impact in the places we call home. I absolutely love having a career in advertising. It is the perfect blend of art, theater, and business. And in this line of work, you get to learn about a variety of topics and invent new ways to get people to respond. Today, I get to talk with someone who had a long and fulfilling career in advertising. He describes himself as a lucky guy. And I think he lived the American dream. He's also celebrating a big milestone life event. Hey, everyone, this is Lynn Weinman, President and Chief Strategist of Kid Glove. Welcome to another episode of the Agency for Change podcast. Today's guest is Tom Reese, formerly of Reese and Associates, and now retired, getting ready for a big birthday celebration. Tom, welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, thank you, Lynn. It's a pleasure to be talking to you.
1: Uh, I can't imagine there's anything unhappy in your neck of the woods at this point. It sounds lovely in Florida. But Tom, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? What should they know about you? And how would you describe yourself?
0: Well, I'll describe myself as a lucky guy. I graduated from high school in 1951, and it was right during the period of the Korean War. At that time, I had a job offer, but I didn't want to be a, because the draft was operating at that time. So I went and a uh, couple of my friends, we went down and joined the Navy, and I ended up being assigned to an American destroyer and spent uh, two years on that destroy- and the Korean War end. And I got reassigned. To NATO headquarters, a high-power international security force, Supreme Allied Command forces, and I was assigned to the public relations in that command. That was my first big experience in the world of communications, and uh, had a very interesting boss. My boss was a commander, in me and I was recalled from the Second World War into the uh, Korean War Zone, and he had been a professor at Haverford University and was a communications and English major teaching, and also was the Navy advisor for the movie The Frogman. So he kept jumping on me whenever he had a chance to, Tommy, you got to get yourself out of this Navy, go and get to college and become something important. And in the meantime, I learned a lot of things about the communication. So anyway, I was inspired about college. So started making my plans and I ended up, of course, I had the the uh, GI Bill coming to me. And so I headed to a uh, junior college in Pennsylvania, spent two years there with a uh, receiving an associate degree. And then after a lot of checking and review. I ended up in Boston University to get a Bachelor of Science degree. So that was my key, my door opener to the communications world. But me with uh, about half of what I needed to get through college. So I worked my way. I got a job at Boston University. I was lucky again. And between the GI Bill and the working at the school, I ended up leaving the college with very little uh, debt, not like some of the kids today. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, then in, 19, in 1959, job market was kind of... But again, I was lucky guy, and I had some nice offers. The Hamilton Watch Company in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, was a marketing trainee. Well, I'd, during the time I was at Hamilton, I worked with a lot of different agencies, big ones out of New York, small ones of the region. And after 13 years and a wonderful career at Hamilton, I had an opportunity, a job offer from uh, an advertising agency that worked with us to become an account executive for them to work on industrial products account, primarily Ingersoll Rand and the products that they had to offer. This was a family owned agency with 130 to 150 employees buried at the time. So I spent, uh, 10 years, count executive to a senior vice president of account services. It was, a, a very eye opening experience. Really enjoyed it very much. But at, during that time, my reputation in the community grew. And a client of ours came to me and said, Tom, there's a fellow that calls on me who has a small agency, and he would like to grow, but he needs someone with your experience to get get together with him and get this agency moving along. So uh, I'm several months, in fact, negotiating with this young man. And we got together and I joined him in the small agency, which was primarily consumer products at the time. In joining that company, I did not have a beat clause with me that I was working with. Very easy for me to leave that business into his operation. My job with him was to take part ownership as we grew.
1: Tom, first of all, I want to say thank you for your service. And I also want to say it sounds like you have lived the American dream. I love that story. And so I'm curious, when you ended up taking over the agency and it eventually became recent associates, talk to me about that decision. Did you always want to have your own firm?
0: Well, as a kid that grew up in a blue collar family, it was never taught in my mind that I would have position. But after I then learned a lot about running a company, and especially with my 10 years that I spent with that other, and which was a family owned agency at the time, I, I felt capable that I could certainly do the job. And then with the backing of some financial people and my accounting group, I, I felt very comfortable in going ahead and becoming an owner. So it, it didn't get the dream in my mind, probably with the family-owned agency that I felt that was now ready to run a, run a company by myself. That company was making a lot of mistakes in dealing with its employees. And dealing with the clients, they weren't close. And what happened? The owner and his sons ended up running the business, and they had no idea of how to run the business. And then they fired the guy, of the business, to get out of their way. And so it was—it was a poor situation. But anyway, I felt I learned a lot about their mistakes, which when I, I came to the point of having to run my own those mistakes and very comfortable that I could go ahead and uh and, and I did I had the company for 25 26 years so uh that was a dream that came late
1: That's that's fantastic that's fantastic I love that story so Tom I was introduced to you by your son Kevin who is a friend of mine and I'm curious As a person who was running their own agency, you must have been a pretty busy guy. How did you balance work and family at that time?
0: Well, when I took over the agency, I traveled a lot. First of all, in my younger days with corporate life, I traveled tremendously. And it it was tough for my kids. And my wife did a good job of keeping them under control. But uh, the recent associates agency work, I didn't travel as much, at least overnight. There was a lot of daytime traveling, but I could go and occasional sales meetings that I would attend. But uh, anyway, I, uh, I got along with, with them well. And uh, I guess I can get at this point is that Kevin, he joined from college. He came to me and said he would like to come to the agency. I said, no way, Jose. <laughs> uh, you go out and get yourself a job experience before you do that. Well, anyway, he got a job with one of our clock battery company. And he worked for them for a while, a couple of years in fact, local area. And then he was offered a job in late it was in the Midwest where he had offered a territory as a salesman. And he took, he liked it. Well, while he was there, he was offered another job in California, went there, got married, and then he and his wife decided they'd come back east. So he came back and he said, uh, You know, now I got some experience. How about I come to the agency? So he did. Came to the agency and worked on primarily the battery companies because we had a couple of them knew a lot about that business. And he and his uh, wife they lived in the They lived about 40 miles from our agency, and he commuted daily. So after a few years, they kind of got fed up commuting, and they wanted to stay in the Philadelphia market. And I just said, you know, there's there's no with you living 40, 50 miles away, you can get involved with this agency long range. So he and his wife decided to move out west and move to Colorado, where he is today, and had been there a long time. So it was a, a good experience, and a happy departure, because he started his own career, his own agency, in fact, when he got out into the, in the Colorado. But uh, so he worked agency. That's great. And then after I bought, yeah, a book from my partner who was working at the time, let's see, she had the uh, the agency, she joined the agency, but she came out of the hospital for about 10 years and in the, uh, in the capacity where she called on industry and was a fundraiser. For the hospital. And she left there and went to a college that she had graduated from and worked for a couple of years. but wasn't all very happy with the president of that place. So when I bought the agency, a place for you and the agency, it's the time to join us. So she came and joined us and she uh, took on public relations and in, uh, in developing community relations for us, Step as we move forward in in growth. So she came there. Well then, and she ended up retiring for the company. The other, the oldest daughter, she wanted a part-time job. So she did uh, work for us until she finally got married and and that was her career in the agency. And finally the youngest daughter, did not work there, so anyway, those three were there, and so we we all in the agency. But I had a we didn't talk business the dining room table, talking about all the problems of the agency when the, when we were trying to eat. So that was a rule that we continued with, and we talk all we could of the agency and not carry it through every night.
1: That sounds like a great rule. As an agency owner myself, my two daughters. My two daughters work for Kid Glove, and we have to have the same role because the rest of our family really don't want to hear us talk about work all the time when we get together for dinner or, or family time.
0: Yeah, you're right, because it's bad enough.
1: Yes, it's bad enough during the day. One constant in the world of advertising is that everything seems to always be changing. And marketing has changed so much, probably, in the last several years. I'm curious, what were some of the hot trends in advertising during your career?
0: Well, the hottest, the biggest thing that happened running the agency was computerization and in, in, in bringing it into the agency from entirely you know handwork. The computer work and that was the biggest thing was the art department yeah having our artists go from the board to the computer in fact we lost a couple of people who, who wouldn't do it and of course it, it it gave us so much control and so much accuracy and everything uh, the speed in which we did things was on the agency previously that I worked used to say this. We were lucky if we got five ads produced from Monday through Friday, full method of having to go through the development and the art of the copy to setting the type, and then getting approved and read. You know, it was Friday before we got to see anything. We were knocking out five ads in a day. And and that was because everything was brought control from the financial part of it to the production part of it to every facet of it as we finally got the, the entire agency onto computers the billing and the creative production whatever it was it was a tremendous changeover from the the days of pencil work i can remember waiting for billing far beyond the monthly closers and, and then now we could almost Look every day at where we stood with the billing, pull up a, a job and people say, oh, well, how much do we have in this per- particular job? It used to take us a week to figure it out when we were doing pencil work and then with computerization, we could do it in a couple of minutes. So that was the biggest thing I think that happened in the agency with agency work and, and, and uh, it, it, our profit structure really changed. I had three partners. I had a financial person, a creative person, and a market, a, a uh, account management person, the three vice presidents. And then we had all people in the agency report to one of those divisions and took that resp- where I could concentrate more and grow, visit with clients, and spend more time on client work rather than worry about the petty things that people have in, in the form of the agency. And it was a, a good changeover and helped us in our whole growth picture more than anything else that I could. So does that answer your question?
1: It does. And I, you took me back because when I started my career in advertising a little over 30 years ago, I remember things switching over to technology but my first job was as an agency runner and I would go to the type house every day and get the type and then somebody would cut it up and literally paste it onto a board. And if you made a mistake, you had to go get more type. And there were people that were really good about taking words apart and putting them together where now, <laughs> now that can all be done in minutes, if not seconds. So. Yeah. And,
0: in the. In the... So that took time. Uh, we almost lost a day getting going back and forth with uh, getting the title from that guy.
1: Yep, Tom. What do you think makes advertising such a great career to be in?
0: It's uh, uh, yeah. You have to say that back in the old days, because now I'm very confused in the advertising world today <laughs> and all the social media. And I'm sure glad that I'm I'm out of it, but. It, to me, it was extremely rewarding from the standpoint of doing things that made our clients happy. yeah, and when our clients were happy, we were all happy. Then wouldn't you do a great PR program or a great ad and the thing is successful, the company is successful, the products are selling. that that was my biggest reward is the knowing that we did a job, did a job. people came back time after time. We ended up with probably, on the average, about 100 clients a year. We went up a little bit and down a little bit, but we had, and I would say it was the old 80, 20, 20 of those gave us 80% of the business. We had some big clients, all kinds of clients from uh, industrial clients, banks, which were wonderful, very diverse. We We really were across the board. And that part, even that we were nominated for the small business of the, the Chamber of Commerce and the community gave us the award as the Small Business of the Year Award in one of the years. So we were pleased with our recognition.
1: That's fantastic. So, Tom, is there anything you wish you'd done differently in your career?
0: One of the things that I wish I didn't do was that I established an ESOP program in the business, in the Reese business. Yeah. And that was probably most expensive and poorest because it cost so much to set it up. And I thought it would be a – we had a nice retirement program, and uh, I thought that would be a to have. But it turned out to be trouble when I went to sell the business because – but that was probably the worst one that I made personally. And the operation of the agent.
1: It sounds like you had a pretty good path. If that was your biggest mistake, I think you did have a lucky life, a good life. It sounds like you worked hard, you took care of your clients and your people, and you made good decisions, which I think is always a good formula for success. Tom, I want to switch gears because I hear you've got a big milestone coming up in March. Can you tell us what that is?
0: Yes. I'll be 90 years old in March 4th.
1: Well, congratulations. uh, Looking
0: forward to it.
1: (laughs) I Uh, hope someone's planning a big party for you.
0: Well, uh, yeah, it was a big secret. But I understand now that uh, everybody's talking. But uh, yes, it's going to be just a matter of who's coming and who's not and the list, and my wife has a lot of her friends on there instead of mine. So, <laughs> so we'll get that straightened
1: up. So I'm curious is there anything on your bucket list, Tom, that you're looking to accomplish?
0: My wife, she's going to like, yeah, but we travel extensively. So I, I don't have any real desire to travel anymore. It becomes so difficult from a standpoint of getting, getting through airports. And so I just hope that I can remain healthy and continue to have fun, still play some golf. We go out, drink a lot, have a lot of parties and that's pretty much the way I see it. I I don't I don't see we've to Russia, we've been to Alaska, you know, every times we've been to the Caribbean, but we've traveled in fact, uh, I can't think of any place like to go. At this point, so wow. you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, here I gotta travel before I die." I've been, I've been them all of them, but uh, it's really hot. Just that I should stay healthy and keep picking.
1: I like that. I really like that. I'm going to ask you my favorite question next because you have such an inspiring story. Can you give us an original quote? An original Tom Reese quote to inspire our listeners:
0: Get up early in the morning and go to bed early in the night, and that's pretty much a success story of <laughs> me. Uh, I, I would hope that uh, in the next couple of years that we get some leadership that that's worthy, and that uh, the nation starts backing them, and then. Yet, advertising or public relations program, I'll we'll get—we'll we'll never get everybody, but uh, relationship between our government and our, our population, because it just keeps going. Seems, and that—that that bothers me, and uh, the lack of trust between people and and the uh, and the government. It's, it's never a day that there isn't something new and crazy that's happening. So if, if I had a wish, I wish that that would be one that we come together to some degree and move forward as an nation. We'll see. I don't know. People go in a lot of different directions.
1: We'll see. That is a fantastic wish. On that note, I am going to say thank you. Thank you for taking time to tell your story As an agency owner and advertising professional myself, I found it very inspiring. Tom, I think the world needs more people like you. And I just want to close by wishing you a very, very happy 90th birthday. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's Agency for Change podcast. To hear all our interviews with those who are making a positive change in our communities or to nominate a changemaker you'd love to hear from, visit kidglove.com at K-I-D-G-L-O-V to get in touch. As always, if you like what you've heard today, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.